Welcome to the one and only Interior Design Book Podcast. Decorating by the Book, hosted by Susie Chase from her dining room table in New York City. Join Susie for conversations about the latest and greatest interior design books with the authors who wrote them. Hi, I'm Hilton Carter, and I'm the author of Wild at Home, Wild Interiors, and Wild Creations. Before diving into the premiere episode with Hilton Carter, I'd like to thank my new sponsor, Bloomist. Bloomist creates and curates simple, sustainable products that inspire you to design a calm, natural refuge at home. I'm excited to announce they've just introduced a new tabletop and kitchen collection that's truly stunning. Surround yourself with beautiful elements of nature when you're cooking, dining, and entertaining, and make nature home. So visit bloomist.com and use the code DECORATING20 to get 20% off your first purchase or click the link in the show notes. Now on with the show. You were once told if you follow your passion, regardless of what it is, you'll find happiness. And for you, it's meant creating a home with your wife, Fiona. And now you have another member of the family, a baby girl. Congratulations on becoming so a much. father. How's it going? Uh, it's going as well as I could have imagined, even though I would had zero idea what to really imagine. Um, it's been a, a true blessing, honestly, like every moment that I get to, uh, watch this little individual, uh, do what she does, whether it's cry, whether it's sleep, whether it's just stare into the distance. Um, I find myself on the edge of tears every single time. It's, it's, I don't know what, what happened. She's completely broken me. Um, but uh, it's, it's life changing. I, I knew something would change, but, um, I've, I've turned into, uh, someone that, uh, I never had thought I would be. And, uh, I'm so thankful for it. I'm so glad that I, uh, have stepped into this next chapter of my life, uh, called fatherhood. So, um, it's been a, a beautiful past two weeks. Today is her um, 14 day, <laughs> I guess, uh, birthday. I don't know what you say. She's only been on the planet for 14 <laughs> days. So I'm, wow. I, I, it's, it's pretty incredible. So you say it's the greenery that binds together everything in your home. Whereas I think what binds my home together are my furnishings. You're the first person I've ever known to say your passion for greenery is uncontrollable. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think the the decor that you bring into the home uh, says a lot about who you are as an individual. Um, but at the same time, the life that you bring into your home isn't going to exist just in the hard material of a couch or a coffee table or chairs and things of that nature. I think once you bring out or bring in uh, the outdoors to allow that um, natural instinct to be surrounded by nature and have that living thing amongst you. Um, that that is what fills the space with life. So for me, it's it's not a particular number uh, of plants that can have that sort of impact, but it's uh, the connection with a particular plant that that living um, work in progress as it grows and changes. That's the one thing that you will see shift and move, uh, grow and develop in your home. 
that uh, unlike your uh, furnishings that uh, will stay the same, will age and over time, but will never uh, cause you stress or bring you the happiness that many of us who tend to plants really feel. Your first book was Wild at Home. Tell me about creating the book Wild Interiors and how Wild at Home inspired that book. And then how did your third book, Wild Creations, come about? Uh, Wild Interiors came about while touring for Wild at Home. So Wild at Home, I got to go out. My first book tour, I got to meet a lot of the people in the plant community um, around the U.S., some cities in Europe, Canada. And it was interesting to hear all of these stories of individuals' journeys in greenery. And I felt it was important to capture some of that in a book. While Wild at Home was a lot of my own, I would say, journey in greenery and my uh, process when it comes to plant care and plant styling, I wanted something that really tied everyone together so they kind of could see themselves regardless if they were someone who had the maximus, uh, I guess, thought process when it comes to plants and filling their homes with as many plants as possible or someone who was like a minimalist who said, well, I have that one single plant, but I was very specific in the type of plant I brought into my home and felt it tied this together with that. Uh, so it was important to see all of the different spaces, but at the same time, I think the the broad idea of wild interiors isn't just based on plants itself. It's based on the interior as well in general, whether it's the color, the textures, the uh, furnishings, like you said, the decor, or if it was just how many plants they had to create this oasis. That's what Wild Interiors was about. And it came from my tour during Wild at Home. Now, Wild Creations is also a bit of the experience of touring for Wild at Home because I didn't get to tour Wild Interiors because it came out right as the pandemic hit. Like most people, I guess like all of us, I I was uh, just at home trying to figure out what to do uh, with my life at that time. I thought, you know what? I'm going to write a book that has projects in it, DIY projects. And in Wild at Home, I had a few DIY projects in there, um, how to create a plant hammock, how to create a terrarium lamp, things like that, that really resonated well with some of the uh, individuals who picked up that book. I heard so many people that love the idea of trying to make this plant hammock, trying to make a terrarium lamp. So uh, I talked to my publishers and said, hey, let's make a book that has a lot of DIY projects in it, but I need a lot of room in this book to get out my soapbox <laughs> so that I could do a little preaching about uh, plant care and plant parenting. Because during my tour of Wild at Home, I did get a sense that there was a movement for bringing in as many plants as possible, regardless of how many uh, were dying in the process of bringing them in, because no one really thought about the type of care that was needed. They just thought about a particular look that they wanted to go for. So I would go on tour and I started asking questions like, so um, raise your hands if you have over five plants and maybe 90% of the room would raise us. Raise your hands if you have over 25 plants, maybe 70%, 50, maybe um, 50%, 100, maybe 25%. Who has over 200 plants? And you have a sprinkle of, you know, a few people who had over 200 plants and you saw their hands go up with a sense of pride at that number. And the people didn't have that number or someone said, I have 300, 400 plants. The other folks um, there would just go, oh man, like they were excited about that number. And I thought, that's not good. 
because it's not about the number. It's about how much time and uh, care you're putting into the plants that you have, whether you have one or if you have a thousand. One person, like I guess the person that has a thousand plants isn't any better than the person that just has one plant. If that person that has one plant has a really amazing, healthy, thriving plant, that person has the same type of green thumb as the one with a thousand plants. But is that person with a thousand plants killing 200 every two weeks and then buying 200 more plants to keep that number? Possibly, because I've seen so many individuals doing so. You know, like while on tour, I heard so many people who were buying cuttings or nose of plants that were rare um, so that they could feel like they were a bit better in some sort of way than others who didn't have it. It's like, it's it's always the haves and the have-nots, right? It's like right now, there's this almost this black market when it comes to plants, where if you have something that is so rare that other people don't have and you can post about it, now you're someone who is um, above the rest and can gain or some sort of attention because you have that particular plant. But the initial thought wasn't, I want to bring in a plant that I can truly care for and love that I particularly feel is uh, important to me and can really thrive in the light that I have in my home. It was, how can I be a part of this particular movement? How can I be a part of this particular hashtag? So let me buy that plant that is tied into that hashtag. And Wild Creations that I called Plant Rents that really... Uh, allowed myself to uh, just get a bit preachy, not yell at anyone and say that you're bad for making decisions like the ones I just mentioned. But you should consider, if you can just take a moment to consider all these plants as living things, there's opportunities there to rein it in a bit, to not think about the number of plants that you have, but more of the uh, care uh, or the, the quality, I'll say, of the plants that you have in your home. That in itself was a, a, a rant, so <laughs> I, I apologize. Feel free to rant away. I just adore your lamp terrarium. Can you describe this? You just brought it up. Oh, of course. Uh, lamp terrarium is basically a lamp that I purchased at uh, a, a store people might know as Target. I'm just throwing it out there because it did have a collection with Target um, not so long ago. But um, it was a fillable lamp. Now, when I went to Target and I saw this lamp, you could put um, seashells in it. You could put stones in it. You could leave it empty if you wanted. And I thought, well, that would make a really awesome terrarium. So uh, maybe I'll do that. And um, I put a terrarium in this lamp. And anytime I posted about it, there were always these questions about, how did you do that? Where can I get that lamp? Things of nature. So I thought that would be really awesome to place that in the book. But the great thing about it was when you're dealing with terrarium, like enclosed terrariums where they are then creating their own ecosystem and the the humidity inside is then uh, building condensation and then it's, it's going up against the glass and then dripping back down into the soil and basically watering itself over and over again, um, a lot of the plants that you're going to put in that situation would be plants that like a more moist soil, right? Uh, some of the ferns, calatheas, things of nature. So at the same time, while a lot of them tolerate lower, I would say, light settings, can tolerate lower light settings, medium light, I was able to also decide if I if I didn't have them close enough to a window, because it's a terrarium lamp, I could then a grow light or to say a daylight bulb in that lamp to provide the actual um, exposure that those uh, plants needed. So I have one now going that I haven't watered or touched in over uh, probably 18 months. And it is, I mean, I can hardly see it anymore. It's just full of just green. So I definitely wanted something in that book and also in other books where if you were someone who didn't have a 
or consider yourself having a green thumb, this could help you out while you can still see consistent growth uh, without thinking too much about when do I have to water this plant? How do I care for it? things of that nature. So I really love the idea of it. I've learned so many things from your books, but most notably that you have a plant journey that began in 2014. I'd love to hear about that. Uh, the journey started, and I can honestly say that the journey started in 2011. Oh. Uh, 2011, it started, it started, th- well, you're right in 2014, and, I, and, I, and I'm going to touch on what you're talking about there. And you know that aha moment that most people have in their lives, it, happen, it happens most right throughout your life. It, there was an aha moment when I walked into a plant shop in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania, and uh, this plant shop was unlike any plant shop I had ever seen. It was well curated. They had found ways to connect their indoor shop to the plant. So there was a lot of like greenery that was growing on walls and just nice textures and colors and lights full of light. And then he had this greenhouse cafe that uh, just had greeneries, every angle dripping from every little spot in these tables sitting underneath of these weird tropical plants that I had never seen before. And I just thought, I want to dine like this. I'm going to live like this. Well, why, why can I have all of this? Because I feel so alive right now. I feel like I'm on vacation in this weird town in Pennsylvania. Um, I feel like I'm on this tropical vacation. I want to make my life like that all the time. At that point in 2011, I was living in Los Angeles in a really small house uh, that I was sharing with friends and I didn't have enough room or enough light to bring any plants. So I told myself at that moment, when I do have a space it has a lot of light. I'm going to start bringing plants. And it wasn't until 2014 when I relocated from Los Angeles to New Orleans, where I had these floor ceiling windows that allowed for a lot of light to come in. And I thought, here's my moment. Let's, uh, let's, get, let's start this plant. I didn't think of it as a plant journey. I just thought, let's bring a plant in and uh, you know start from there. And I went to a plant shop there called Herald's and saw a plant uh, that I found out was a fiddly fig. I just looked at the foliage and thought, that is really beautiful foliage. It was a tree-like plant. So I had this nice trunk and then foliage sticking out. And I was like, that would be really cool. Having a tree in your home is really cool. If I can properly care for this, maybe over time it'll grow into this really big tree and I'll have a, an actual tree in my home. And that'll be amazing. Uh, and it started there. And I saw the the changes that happened in that plant. A few uh, lost leaves, browning, yellowing happening here and there. And something hit where I was like, oh my goodness, I need to figure this out. I need to start taking notes on what is happening here. I need to start doing research. I need to start, I need to go back to that plant shop and talk to them about the plant I just purchased. What actually, what type of plant do I actually have? I should know the name of this plant. Maybe I should be more invested. Maybe I should treat this like a living thing, like the pet I, that I had at the time. Maybe I should name this plant. So I named it Frank to put more pressure on myself to care for it. It's hard to throw out a plant once you give it a name. You know, it's hard to abandon a pet <laughs> once you've taken it in and, <laughs> and claimed it as family, right? Uh, so I was like, you know what? If I can zone in on how to properly care for this plant, then it's going to make me better off for any other types of plants I bring in. So it started there with that first little leaf fig named Frank in spring of 14. I left New Orleans in late May of 15 to, to move back to Baltimore. And I left there with 60 plus plants in a U-Haul driving back to Baltimore. So I collected a, a bit. I went from zero to 60 in a year. <laughs> in a year. And um, I came with this uh, attitude where I was like, I need to find a place that has enough light that will allow my plants to thrive. So 
that's when I knew something was up. <laughs> I was like, something, I've changed. What has happened to me? I'm looking for, I'm looking for places with light versus what has the best appliances or what's closest to my job or, you know, things of that nature. So uh, that's where my, uh, I would say, my plant journey begun in uh, uh, 2011, but the initial start of purchasing plants uh, begun in 2014. You talk a lot about statement plants. Um, do you think Frank is your statement plant? Uh, Frank is my statement plant in now my sunroom. In, in my overarching story, Frank is the statement plant of that story, of course. But I think in every room, there's um, there's the uh, the room, the space to have a statement plant, something that uh, truly sets off the look or the feel of that particular. Uh, room. So in my home right now, I can't say Frank is the statement piece of the entire house, but for the sunroom, he is the one where you walk in and you feel his presence right away. Frank's the star in the sunroom. <laughs> there he is. There he is. And the, and the star in my heart. <laughs> so yeah, everything, everything I know about uh, caring for plants, I learned through that plant. So your green-loving community is huge. When you first started getting into plants, did you assume you were just a community of one? And did you see your community grow in the lockdown? Uh, well, when I started, I was probably the... Huh, I don't know if I can say this, but I was the butt of all the jokes of my friends. <laughs> all of my friends were like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Why do you have so many plants? Like, what is happening? What is what what happened? You need a friend. Maybe maybe you should get a girlfriend. So they were just thought that I was that it just wasn't cool. Honestly, like they were just like my mom even said to me, I think you have too many plants in here. It, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. My mom said that to me. And so I did feel like I was uh, in my own circle, one of one, right? But when I searched around social media, Instagram mainly, there were a few folks who were there. And that's when I started connecting with individuals who were like-minded when it comes to plants. And over time, I did see that community thrive and develop into what it is today. And when the pandemic hit, a lot of people found themselves in a situation where they had to look at their beige walls, hard corners. And so uh, a lot of individuals started to bring plants in and started to reach out for uh, help and how to care for their plants or for inspiration on how to possibly style their plants or uh, inspirational what types of new plants that they should be uh, more aware of. So the plant loving community is is probably grown exponentially in the last two years for sure because of the pandemic. But at the same time, there have there have been many, many uh, lovers of greenery already there talking, posting, and writing books about plants for at least the last 10 years that I know of. I'll definitely say that it's been special to now be a part of a community. And I will say all of those friends that uh, thought that I was um, uh, losing my mind, even my mother, have all jumped on bandwagon and they are all plant lovers and hitting me up about care tips and well, I have this new plant. How should I, when should I repot it? Blah, blah, blah. And then laugh. <laughs> try to tell them, try to tell them. <laughs> so you have a list of the next it plants. And on that list, you have a fan palm, which you believe will be the most sought after plant in years to come. I'd love for you to talk about that. 
I believe that plants that can transport you to a space that you're not particularly, I guess, connected to, or you don't have reach for. Like in Baltimore, I can't walk outside and see a fan. When I was in uh, Tulum, Mexico, like I could walk outside and see a fan palm everywhere. I could be hit in the face every single moment by a fan palm. So maybe not in Mexico. Maybe maybe that won't be the, the it plant there. But in the US, I think it's something that you can bring into any home and it sets the vibe. It says this is a tropical space. The texture of the foliage itself, the size of the foliage demands your attention, right? There's just a lot that can be said about someone who decides to bring in a palm versus bringing in a majestic palm. It's the same, I would say, respect as someone deciding on a particular type of attire versus something else, right? Like, I like to wear jorts. And it says something about me. You like to wear jorts? <laughs> yeah. Are you judging me? The way you just said that was a bit judgmental. I'm not sure. If wow. Me, but guess what? But guess what? <laughs> I don't I I don't bend to the judgment. I am I am comfortable with my in my jorts and I will say That's it again. Yes. Hilarious. Oh my god. And let me let me take it up one more notch. I wear jorts sometimes with sandals and socks. So for all of you individuals. Hey, you're you're ready for dad life right there. Oh, God. Yes, I guess. I guess so. I've been I've been ready for dad life. But what I'm saying is, I think I think it's it's definitely something that people will see or if they haven't if they haven't already seen in books. So um, shout out to the books that I've had. But um, in other people's homes on social media or in magazines or on TV shows, well, they'll see, feel that connection. And for me, it was when I went to Tulum and all of what Tulum meant to me. Um, I, I eloped there. Um, my, my wife and I had this amazing time there. So to bring that into your home, to recall those moments of, of positivity, of, of excitement, that's something that people should try to do. I'm particularly drawn to dried botanicals. I have a bunch of really tall dried plume leaves from Bloomis in my kitchen window. What are some interesting ways we should be using dried foliage and leaves in our home. They can last forever. They can add that sort of grit, texture, and color to your home. I like putting large, and again, fan palms, placing them in the corner of the wall or or hanging them on the wall. I saw not so long ago, I believe it was uh, earlier this week, one of my favorite interior designers, Kelly Wurstler, she used fan palms as sconces. So basically she took these fan palms and then melted them to the wall, but put a light fixture behind the fan palm to hit the wall to have this bit of glow. That was amazing. I mean, just beautiful, just amazing. So I think the ability to not see every single dying bit of foliage or dying flower as something that should go into the wastebasket, but as something that has a now second chance to uh, show off its next chapter in life. I put dry florals and vases all throughout my home. I like the idea of utilizing dry florals in areas that you wouldn't have the ability to put a living plant, right? It still gives that idea of life, but it's mainly about color and texture and can really ha have an amazing impact in that particular spot in your home. Okay, before I wrap up, I have to ask you about hot dogs. <laughs> on one of the most recent Allison Roman's home movies on YouTube, you popped up at her hot dog birthday party as a surprise guest. And you said, I quote, 
I like street dogs, and they normally have bacon on them. What? <laughs> Who eats bacon yeah, on their hot the, dog? This is the half question that you're. <laughs> I love it. Uh, who doesn't eat bacon on a hot who dog? Who does? Where, where, where are you from? I'm, well, I'm from Kansas, but that's a whole other thing. Oh, that's a whole other thing. Well, ever, well, I spent a lot of time in uh, Los Angeles. And when I was younger, we would leave a bar or if we were out dancing in a club, there would be street vendors who would sell bacon-wrapped hot dogs uh, on the corner. And there's a spot there, a hot dog spot, uh, in LA called Pink's, I believe, that you can get anything you can imagine. But the the hot dog with bacon on it is just like a staple. That's like a normal thing. Uh, and I got kind of, uh, you know, into that sort of, uh, I would say, uh, would you call it a garnish? <laughs> what would you call it? I have no. A topping? Would you, what, would you, what would you call the bacon I'd on call the hot it, dog? I I'd know. call it bacon on bacon. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> to each to each his own. No, Even but, Allison I, was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Allison knows what's I don't I don't, I love Allison. That, that was just a that was a fun thing to be a part of. Um I just happened to be in New York that week and she was like, come through and have a hot dog with me. And I said, sure, I'll be there. So that's hilarious. That is hilarious. But um I needed some 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 chili. I needed some bacon, uh, but I I went with the uh, what did I go with? I think the relish and mustard uh, and sauerkraut. Which, I think. Oh, sour! You know what? She I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this in it, but she had which I've been trying to find. I think I have to order it online. But turmeric sauerkraut, which I was just like, oh, that doesn't seem like it would work. Oh, so good, so delicious. So if you're someone who loves sauerkraut, turmeric sauerkraut is probably uh, one of my go tos. Right now, so uh, shout out to Allison Roman for uh, uh, making me um, open my eyes to uh, different <laughs> toppings for hot dogs. <laughs> Where can we find you on the web and social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter, mainly on Instagram at Hilton Carter, and uh, my website is thingsbyhc.com, where um, I sell all of books and uh, propagation vessels and aprons and products, things that nature but um yeah you can you can find me mainly on instagram talking about uh my life and plants and my life and love to purchase all of hilton's books and support the podcast head on over to decoratingbythebook.com and thank you hilton for helping us make every room feel like the first day of spring and thanks for coming on decorating by the book podcast i really appreciate it thank you so much follow decorating by the book on instagram and thanks for listening to the one and only interior design book podcast decorating by the book